to Victory Church. Today is our worship service number 177, February 16, 2020, from Victory Church. Welcome to our viewers and listeners, and welcome everybody here in the house of the Lord. I will invite you to please stand up with me. Let's give thanks to the Lord. Father, we love you, we worship you, receive the songs that we bring to you, Lord. With all our heart, we want to sing to you, Lord. You deserve our worship, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen.
just for a moment could go back in your life story and think of one day, just one instance, when you needed a miracle. Think for a moment. Close your eyes. Think for a moment. That day that you needed a miracle and He granted you that miracle. Think about it. Think about that. That day. Father, I remember many, many of those days that you granted us miracles. You are so beautiful, Father. You are so wonderful. You are amazing. This morning, Lord, we want to worship you, adore you, and give you the exaltation and preeminence that you deserve among us, Lord. On a Sunday morning, Lord, our hearts are filled with gratitude for life. Our hearts are so grateful, Lord, that you chose us, Lord, to be your people, to be part of your kingdom, to be part of your family, to be your chosen ones, Lord. And we didn't deserve it, Lord. You just decided. You chose us. And you did it, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the miracle of our lives. We have made it through the rain, through the problems, through the difficulties, through betrayals, <laughs> through injustices, through illnesses. We made it thanks to you, Lord. We want to worship you today, Lord, and tell you, Father, how much we appreciate your greatness, your faithfulness. You, Lord, are so wonderful, so beautiful to us, Lord. Father, many times we couldn't do it on our own. <laughs> we couldn't get the strength to do that make that step many times we didn't have the money to pay for that 
Many times we didn't have the energy to get up. Many times, Lord, we didn't have the joy or peace or enthusiasm to do anything, Lord, but you did it. You saved us. You rescued us. <laughs> you took us, Lord, from the pit, from the agony of our desperations. You took us out of all that, Lord, to the place where we are, Lord, today. In your presence, happy to worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship our Lord through our offerings. Whether it is through an envelope here in church or online. Let's give to God what belongs to Him. Thank you, Lord, for all your provision. We love you, Lord. The time has come for us to receive God's Word. We have praised Him, adored Him, and worshipped Him. Now we will hear a powerful message that our Lord has poured down into our pastor's heart. Let's get ready to receive the inspiration that we need this week to go into battle with faith in our Lord Jesus. Let's give a hand to our Lord God and all together say, one, two, three, victory. Yay, Lord. My friends, I cannot tell you how excited I am to share with you this message, part two of what's in heaven. Thank you so much for being here in the church today. You have your bulletins. There are areas for your notes, but also we want to invite our viewers. Go to the website, download the bulletin. You will love to see some areas there printed or work on your digital bulletin if you like. <laughs> As you remember, last Sunday, February the 9th, we presented to you the worship service number 176, and the title was What's in Heaven? In that part... I was sharing with you many scriptures related with the Old Testament. Today, this is part number two. It's all about the New Testament, and you will love to see wonderful things there. Part two, what's in heaven? February 16, 2020, worship service number 177. Let's start by reading here in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 24, through 24. When Jesus came to be baptized, he was praying. The sky opened, and the Holy Spirit came down on him. The Spirit looked like a real dove. Then a voice came from heaven and said, You are my son, the one I love. I am very pleased with you. Praise Jesus. The first thing that I want you to see here is this is a proof of the Trinity. The three persons of God here presented in one section of the scripture. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's beautiful. Now, what happened there? The Holy Spirit came down, and it looked like a real dove. And it came above the Lord Jesus on him. In that very moment, I wish that you could picture this, my friends. Imagine you are there. 
the Lord Jesus is being baptized, when he is getting out of the water, then the sky is open, then the Holy Spirit comes down in the shape of a dove, and in that moment there is a voice and said, you are my son, the one I love, and I'm very pleased with you. Now, can you imagine being there? Witnessing such a thing. What a magnificent experience. What a beautiful passage. But heaven, my friends, it is a lot of things more. This was wonderful, but I want to introduce you now to things that we are going to experience in heaven. And the first one is in Matthew 5:12 and 1 Peter 1:4. It says that heaven is a place for rewards. Be very glad because you have a great reward waiting for you in heaven. You know, I remember when I got my first job, I was 17 years old, and believe me, my salary was $100 per month. That was my salary. My salary In 1981, $100 a month. I was 17 years old. It was a lot of money back then, especially for a kid. You know, it was good money. But what I remember was the excitement of getting that check. I was so excited about it, going to work every day, because I wanted to get my reward. And I know that you have lived that experience sometimes with money and sometimes in other fields like school, you know. Some of us went to school and we did the whole process. We were compliant. We did the homework. We studied hard for this, this, those tests. We passed the test. And some of us were in, in simple scenarios receiving our degrees. And others, like Tracy, she was in the, what is the name of that stadium in Dallas where you receive your degrees from, from Phoenix, the Cal, Dallas Cowboys Stadium, right? AT&T Stadium, yeah. Some have uh, experienced that kind of rewarding. Others peop other people have received rewards from their companies, you know, a certification, special diploma, you know, it is exciting. It is really cool when you receive a reward. Now, friends, imagine, imagine that one day you will be in heaven and your name is going to be called by somebody. And here is the Lord God ready to give you your reward. Isn't it awesome? It's amazing when you think about it because the truth is, Many people don't care about God, about heaven, about the kingdom, about church. We know that. We are aware of that. We try to talk to people about the Lord and the greatness of the scripture and heaven and the spiritual life. And they seem to not care at all. And we wonder, why is that? We don't know what really is happening in the life of those people, but one thing is true. <laughs> we know how real the Lord is. We know that the scripture is true. And also we know that in heaven, there are going to be amazing things. You have to see this. In heaven, there is going to be a moment to receive your rewards. You will receive rewards there. 
About what? Well, about your faithfulness to the Lord, your loyalty to God, your dedication to the kingdom, what you do for the church, the great things you do for people. That's why the Lord said many, many times, what you do in one side, don't advertise it somewhere else. Just do what is right. What, I, what you do in secret, I will reward you publicly, he says. You see? First Peter chapter 1, verse 4 talks about the same thing. So heaven is a place for rewards. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Second thing, or third thing here. Heaven is a safe place for the fruit of all our work. Matthew 6, 20 to 21. Save your treasures in heaven where they cannot be destroyed by moths or rust or where thieves cannot break in and steal them. Your heart will be where your treasure is. You know, many, many times, my friends, we are confused about what is what really matters in life. And you know what is sad for us believers? That sometimes we have the tendency of thinking of exclusively material things. We, we just put our eyes on the stuff and the money and the things that we want to obtain, material things. But that is very tricky. Because when we are just aiming towards those things, you know what is happening? Our heart is just growing in the desire for material things. That's why the Lord says here, take your treasures in heaven. In fact, many of us are faithful to give to the Lord. And first of all, I want you to know the Lord is pleased when you do that. He is the one who can reward you by giving. Not me, not the church. No, the Lord is pleased when you give. With gratitude, with a cheerful heart, He is pleased. And He will reward you for that. But I want you to know something. There are individuals that they are moved by God at some point that they are giving amazingly great gifts to God. Like properties, vehicles, jewelry, all kind of things, money, huge amounts of money. And some people are just in shock. Many individuals, they disagree, especially those who want that money. And they say, why would you do that? Are you crazy, mom? Are you crazy, dad? Uncle, are you crazy? Here we are, your family. We need that money. Why are you giving that money to the church? Some people say. What they don't know is that those individuals that are experiencing that, they are obeying what the Lord is telling them to do. They just feel the need to give to God. And you know what? It's exactly what here we read. Save your treasures in heaven. Because all of this that we see, my friends, please listen carefully to this. Everything we see here, this, we are not taking it. We can't. You know, that beautiful home that we have, 
that wonderful bed that we enjoy every night, you know, those wonderful vehicles that we drive, and all the stuff that we see, all that we cannot take with us is going to stay here. In fact, it's going to be destroyed. None of those things. And some people, in some point in their lives, they see that so clearly, and they say, I want to give to the Lord. If somebody one day, whether it's anybody here present in the church, my friends, or anyone watching or listening, if one day you feel the need to give to God, to give to the church, whether it's this church or any other church, obey that calling from God. You will do the right thing. This is real. It's as real as when you say a prayer is real. The scripture is true. Save your treasures in heaven. Next scripture. Matthew 6.10. We pray that your kingdom will come, that what you want will be done here on earth, the same as is in heaven. So what we see here is that heaven equals God's kingdom. And what is the characteristic in heaven that also it is in God's kingdom? Is that his will will be done. In heaven, everything is done according with what he says. The big question is, is that happening in your heart? Where is the kingdom of God? Is here in this building? Yeah, certainly it is. But mainly the kingdom of God is in our hearts. So the big question is, in our hearts, are we doing what he wants us to do? Because out there in heaven, everything is done according with his will. Now, in our hearts, well, let me be more specific here. In your heart, are you doing what he is saying that you should be doing? Or you are doing what, whatever else you want to do? Because out there in heaven, everything is done according with his will. And everything runs perfectly. Everybody's happy in heaven. Everything flows great in heaven. There is no lack of anything. Everything is just perfect according with his will. If that happens in heaven, that can happen in our lives as well. When we stop this insane battle that we have trying to win, no, I'm going to do it my way. No, we need to give in, surrender. I have said several times to you, when someone comes to you with a weapon and says, this is an assault, I'm going to rob you. What is what they say immediately? Lift up your hands. That's what happens. Hands up, meaning surrendering. That's why when we sing, when we pray, we lift up our hands, we surrender to you. Well, that is the key in our hearts in the kingdom of God. If here in our hearts, 
He is king. He rules. He is the authority. Now, let me show you this other scripture that is very interesting. It says in Matthew 12, 50, Anyone who does what my Father in heaven wants is my true brother, sister, and mother. Because God expects my obedience. The Lord is expecting you to obey him. Yes, he does. You know, sometimes we just think, well, God will be pleased if I do one little thing here for him, you know. He will be happy with that. <laughs> sometimes we even think, well, well, he should be grateful that I am going to church. <laughs> well, she, he, should be, he should be happy that I am listening to a, a message once in a while, you know. Good for you. You got it. You know, so, sometimes we come to that wrong idea. Thinking that we are making a, a, a gesture to please him like, uh, I'm doing you a favor, God, you know. <laughs> but, but we need to see the reality that in our relationship with the good Lord, he's expecting our obedience. We will obey him. It's his kingdom. Let's continue reading. Somebody said one day to me, you know what, Jan? This thing about obedience, kingdom, the authority of God in our lives, it is very interesting. But you know what? You make it look so serious that it scares me. <laughs> it scares me. It's like, it's like a, it's a general and I am a soldier and I have to be standing there with my weapon at the door and just move whenever he says, yes, sir, yes, sir. I don't know about this. What's, what's the reality of heaven? Well, I say, well, certainly there is authority and power and obedience is required. Yes, but there is more. And one of those things is joy. Heaven is a happy place. But when? When is happy? When one sinner decides to repent and change. There is more joy for that one sinner than for 99 good people who do not need to change. You know, the good Lord is happy with his people. The good Lord is happy with us that we worship him. But certainly, if there is anyone that at some point changes, that creates a total different scenario in heaven. Immediately in that moment, there is a lot of joy. There is a lot of joy. The joy of seeing someone repenting. Do you provide that joy in heaven, my friend? Let me ask you this direct question. Do you repent? Well, I did. Once. Let me think. It was in 1972. I repented and I started to come to church. So you repented once. Yes, I did. Once. Yes, I just told you. One time. Yeah, I don't get it. What are you saying? What I am saying is repenting is not one time deal. Repenting is not a thing that you do once in your life. And Okay, I got it. Repenting is a constant process. When we realize it's not right what I'm doing. That is the joy in heaven. 
when the Lord sees that us, even believers, we just repent and change it. We say, no, that's not the right thing to do. I'm going to change here. You see? Think about this. Imagine this. Imagine that every time you change, every time you're doing something wrong and you change and you ask God, please forgive me. Lord, imagine that brings joy in heaven. Isn't it cool? Isn't it cool? Imagine you say, oh, Lord, that was bad. <laughs> I want to change, Lord. And then imagine in heaven is it's a big party there because someone is repenting. That's beautiful. It's just wonderful. But there is more. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1, 4, and 5. Our body, our earthly tent, will be destroyed. But when that happens, God will have a home for us to live in heaven forever. While we live in this tent, we have burdens, and so we complain. This body that dies will be covered with life. This is what God himself made for us. And he has given us the Holy Spirit as the first payment to guarantee the life to come. There is a new body in heaven for you. What's in heaven? Last week, we talked about it. Extensively, we discussed the fact that the number one thing in heaven is God. And he wants us to see him as the one who deserves to be adored and revered. You remember, we talk about that. We talk about Abraham, Moses, David, Solomon, all of them worshiping. We talk about revering God, being on our knees. I hope this week you took some time to pray that way. I hope, I really hope that at least in one moment of this week, you were on your knees your hands up, giving thanks to God for a new day of life, for a new night, for, for something that happened to you. I do hope that you understood that and you are applying it now in your life. The Lord is in heaven, but now we are talking about new things that we will see in heaven. And this is one beautiful thing that we will see in heaven, is our new body. So many of us that are struggling with health problems, we say, Praise God, we will have a new body in heaven. Because there is so much pain. And that is the reason of the complaint. And I have a little joke for you. I remember my father, my dad, I used to call him every day. You know, my mom wanted me to call her once a week, Saturdays preferably. A FaceTime, a video conference for one hour. She wanted to see everything, what I was eating, cooking, or whatever. Tracy and I were planning to go or whatever. That was my mom. My dad wanted a phone call every day, five minutes. That's all. Are you all right? Good. Have a nice day, son. Boom. That was my dad. Well, I used to call him every day, and I remember that one day I said this to him. It was a big mistake, but I learned my lesson. So I called him, hi, dad. Hi, son. And then he started to tell me what was hurting him. And I said, dad, you know, I respect you and I love you, but I want to ask you something. You know, this thing about you telling me what is hurting every day, that now your back is hurting and this is hurting, it, it's getting old, Dad. You know, it's just, it's a little bit too much. I understand that you're hurting, but do you have to say that to me all the time? 
Because really, I don't like this, you know? It's like we start the conversation and I am ready to start hearing the complaint. Dad, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Son, how old are you? And I said, I'm 40-something. Okay. How old am I? I said, you are 70-something. Okay, well, let's do this. Let's wait until you get my age, then we'll talk. <laughs> because we don't think that getting old is going to happen to us. <laughs> we don't think that our body is going to be giving us trouble. We always think, you know, especially when we are so young, you know, we are going to be so flexible all the time, so strong all the time, that our bodies are going to respond so great. And you know what? <laughs> That's not true. Eventually, it's going to happen. And there is the complaint. The beauty in the kingdom of God is that this earthly tent is a temporary tent because we will have a new one there. And listen, this body that dies will be covered with life. Covered with life. That is in heaven as well. No more pain. No more aches. No more suffering. No more contacts. We don't need glasses. Hearing aids. Pills for this. Medicines. Surgeries. None of those things. Special diets. Forget about it. Yee, that's awesome. New body in heaven for us believers. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Paul is speaking. I know a man who was taken up to the third heaven. This happened 14 years ago. I don't know if that man was in his body, if that was in his body or out of his body, but God knows. Paul is sharing this, and most theologians agree that he's talking about himself, about an experience he had that he reached a place that he called the third heaven. Most scholars agree that the sky that we see, the blue sky with the birds fly, and we see the clouds, this is known as the first sky or first heaven. And then above earth, with all the images that we see from special cameras and whatnot surrounding the earth, moon, and all that, they call this as the second heaven. But Paul here is referring to a third heaven. Something that is way above what we can see. There is where the Lord is. And there is where we will be. Beautiful. What else? Revelation 3.12. We are going to have something amazing there. Who? Those who win the victory. They are going to experience something. But before I get there to explain to you what is what we are going to experience there, I want to tell you about what is the meaning of you that win the victory. The meaning is this. Many people know God, know about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, know the church. Many people are aware of the importance of being spiritual, and they go through life battling with that thing, but their tendency is not to be committed to the Lord. 
They just go back and forth, back and forth. They have one foot here and the other foot there. The one who really wins the victory is the loyal one, the faithful one, the one that is committed to God. You know, the difference between eggs and bacon. You might remember the story. You know, in the farm, in the farm, the animals are there and they are hearing about the breakfast and some of them are happy and others are concerned. What, what's going on? Well, the hen is happy, right? This is, this is not a problem. I can give you an egg while the poor pig is crying. <laughs> you know the reason. Bacon and eggs is different for everybody. For a pig, is giving his life. For the hen, it's just another egg. That's the difference. Those who win the victory are fully committed. Their lives are into the kingdom of God. My friends, here in the church especially, I want you to know when you are committed, the Lord is going to reward you. You will see great things in your life. You don't worry about those who want to give an egg. You don't worry about those egg Christians. You are a bacon Christian. You are fully committed. You are down here. My life dedicated to the Lord. That's it. Those who win the victory, what? Listen, will be pillars in the temple, in the temple of my God. Pillars in the temple of my God. I will make that happen for them. They will never again have to leave God's temple. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. That city is the new Jerusalem. It's coming down of heaven from my God. I will also write my new name on them. You know, if we are so excited, and Dan and I were talking about it earlier before the service. He said to me, I have to be here on Sunday. I don't know why. I can do other things, but I have to be here. I just feel that I need to be here, he said to me. And I have said that many times to you before. If I was not a pastor, I would be in church anyways. Because I just love the idea of worshiping God, regardless what I do. But imagine, my friends, if we get excited to come to church, to sing songs, to be with our friends just for an hour and a half. Imagine how things will be when we get there to heaven and we will be in the temple of God and we don't have to live ever again. That's for those who win the victory. But what's happening there? Oh, here's where the best part is coming. Revelation chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. The Lamb, who is the Lamb? The Lord Jesus. The Lamb opened the seventh seal. Then there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Total silence after he opened the seventh seal for half hour. Seven angels stood before God. They were given seven trumpets. Another angel came and stood at the altar. This angel had a golden holder for incense. The angel was giving much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's holy people. The smoke from the incense 
went up from the angel's hand to God. The smoke went up with the prayers of God's people. Then the angel filled the incense holder with fire from the altar and threw it down on the earth. Then there were flashes of lightning, thunder, and other noises, and noises, and an earthquake. When you pray, I want you to know your prayers are coming to a special place. Your sweet prayers, my friends, are in a place where an angel put these prayers with incense. And look what it says here. It says, the smoke from the incense went up from the angel's hand to God with the prayers of God's people. In heaven, every time you are praying, listen, there is something amazing happening in the presence of God. You just keep saying your prayers. You just don't care about what people think about your prayer time, your prayers, that you are all the time praying, that you are all the time talking to God. You don't worry about it. You just keep saying your prayers. Either it is, whether it's Monday or Friday, evening or morning, working or in the shower, eating or jogging, driving or typing an email. You just keep praying, keep talking to him. Lord, I need you. Lord, give me the wisdom. Lord, give me the strength. Father, I pray, please protect my child. Father, please bless my friends. Please, Lord, I'm asking you to do this for somebody. Please, Lord, give me this. Please, Father, please, Father, you pray and pray and pray because those prayers are going to this particular altar with the incense and they go up to God. It's happening in heaven. It's, it's amazing what happens when you pray. Don't stop praying. Keep on praying. What else happens? In Revelation chapter 11, verses 15 through 16, the seventh angel blew his trumpet. Then there were loud voices in heaven. The voices said, the kingdom of the world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will rule forever and ever. Then the 24 elders bowed down on their faces and worship God. These are the elders who sit on their thrones before God. The authorities in heaven that we start to learn now in this passage, 24 elders, they sit, it says, before God. At that point, when this angel blew his trumpet, these voices said, the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah will rule forever and ever. And then is when they bow down and worship God. In heaven, what are you waiting to give that kind of adoration to your Lord? What are you waiting to surrender? My friend, do it in private. 
Do it in your private home where nobody is. Just you and the Lord. You just bow down before his presence. You just bow down and talk to him and worship him and tell him that you need him. Tell him that you love him. Tell him that you want his kingdom in your life more than anything else. Tell him that you are desperate for a miracle. Tell him that you depend on him. Tell him all your worries and concerns. Just open your mouth. Your prayers are being heard. Bow down and worship him. And then after all your requests, you just be there and say to him, I worship you, Lord. You are my God. You are my God. You will see great things happening in your life when you do that. You will be amazed with the greatness, majesty, and generosity of our Lord. You will be amazed. You will not believe it. You will be shocked. You will just be like, wow, Lord. It has to be you. How else this can happen to me? It has to be you. Revelation 11, 17 and 18. Again, talking about rewards in heaven. The elders said, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty. You are the one who is and who always was. We thank you because you have used your great power and have begun to rule. Now is the time for the dead to be judged. It is time to reward your servants, the prophets, and to reward your holy people, the people, great and small, who respect you. That's what I'm saying to you, faithful members. You don't worry about others that don't want to worship God. That happened before for hundreds and hundreds of years. And will happen always. There are people that they just don't get it. You don't worry about it. This is an individual deal between the Lord and yourself. You just do what you need to do in the presence of God. Show him respect. He will reward your servants. Are you a servant of God? It's just, I serve you, Lord. What do you want me to do, Lord? Yes, sir. I want to change. I'll be here, Lord, to do whatever you want me to do. In Revelation eleven nineteen, Then God's temple in heaven was opened. Okay, okay, this is getting better. Oh, boy. God's temple in heaven was opened. The Ark of the Covenant, do you remember Moses and all these people looking for the Ark of the Covenant? They are, they are saying, it is here in this part of the world. It is here. It is here. They are wrong. The Ark of the Covenant could be seen in his temple. Then there were flashes of lightning, noises, thunder, and earthquake, and a great hailstorm. God's temple in heaven was opened. It's going to happen. But the rest, you will hear it next Sunday. What will happen in heaven in the final battle of God? That's the message, part three, that next Sunday, February 23rd, in our worship service 178, I'm going to share with you guys. It's going to be easy, the end of God's Supremacy, don't miss that next Sunday. 
But if you, my friend, you don't have a relationship with God, <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, but you are not going to even get there. But if you were today at the very gate of heaven, and the Lord Jesus says to you, why should I give you access to my heaven? You will say, because I believe in you, Lord. Pray with me. Dear God, here I am, a simple mortal, just another person in need of you, O oh Lord. I surrender to you, Lord God. I lift up my hands to you. I bow down before you. You are the king of the universe. Please forgive me for all my sins. I open my heart to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I want to obey you and serve you forever, my Lord. In the name of Jesus, receive that forgiveness and just embrace that. Join me saying, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. Therefore, I can also declare my life is going to be great and blessed this year, 2020. Amen. Dear friends, thank you so much for coming up to church today. Receive the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Enjoy your family and friends. Amen. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light. Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served I know, I know, I know, I know Victory Church. We hope you enjoyed the video.